and everybody else would go afterwards, but everything you give, no $7 a plate or $12 a plate, it's whatever you feel like donating to help our student ministry, because we're going together uh, this coming uh, Saturday uh, to Wild Adventures. We believe that if you serve the Lord, you ought to be able to enjoy serving the Lord. And we're going together to Wild Adventures, but we're also going to hear uh, gospel guys named Trip Lee and Lecrae, and some of the leading uh, gospel singers uh, in the, and I keep saying gospel singers because the other people won't believe it if I tell you it's gospel rap, but it is, it's good stuff. And uh, I can't wait to get down there, me and Trey's going to rock it. Uh, but it's going to help with that some, but it also, the big thing is, it will help our students to go uh, to camp. Now, we think of camp as just playing games and going out by the campfire. Our youth doesn't just do that kind of camp. They go to what is called MDs. And the M stands for mission. They will be working, serving in all areas, whether it's evangelism, or paint, yard work, things like that, that social ministries, there's all different kinds of ministries they will serve all week. And uh, I'm coming out of retirement. It's the first summer camp I've been on in probably 15, 20 years. So uh, we're looking forward to it. Uh, I'm trained getting ready. But all of this money today for lunch, number one, you get a great, great lunch. Number two, it goes to a great, great uh, men. Yeah. So please stay, and I encourage you to do that. And also, you see your adults, not only do you get to go pay for, I mean, eat first, but Thursday night, the Young at Heart will be meeting at Harry's. This Thursday night at Harry's, Young at Heart, all of our uh, adults meeting together at Harry's and enjoying our fellowship and our time together. So a lot of great things going on. Make sure you look at your bulletin, look at your uh, communicator, a lot of great opportunities for worship. And uh, we just want to rejoice in the Lord and enjoy what God is doing in our life. Amen? Well, let's have a big time today. All right? Let's sing. And, and I know a lot of times when I'm preaching, I know I'm talking Sometimes we're singing great songs, and, and we look out, and it's just like that. <laughs> Look, if you don't know the words, just go, Times It's like the old songs, you didn't know the words. But you just made a joyful noise. Make a joyful noise into the Lord. Hey. I don't know what he's talking about. I've never seen that here. <laughs> uh, we, uh, I just want to take a second to thank uh, Eastside for all the support on behalf of my family. Um, we've been passing up uh, my grain, uh, my dad's mother. Um, it's, all, it's nice to be a part of the body um, and, and feel the support and prayers uh, that are wrapped around you in times like that. And, um, you know, I've always been one that runs uh, from death. Uh, you can, can ask my family when he gets close to the time Max is over here uh, to be found. And uh, this week I was, you know, it's Thursday night. I go to the hospital and Started to go down the hall towards the room, and my sister comes running behind me. Matt, where are you going? I was like, I know, Christy, it's okay, it's okay. And um, I was, I was around the time uh, that my granny, not when my granny passed, but the time my granny was passed. And there's something precious. I, I realized 
about the passing of the Son. Um, and that experience uh, has made the gospel just all that more real to me. Um, to be there and not have any worry about where my granny was going or where my granny is today. Um, the price that Jesus paid for us um, is so precious uh, to allow us to uh, have that certainty and have that security. And so the songs that we're going to sing um, today, they, they both paint the rest of this time. They both paint a really true picture of the gospel. And I, I'm bad at this. Brother Matt said from yesterday, that we try to leave out the you know, second verse of a three-verse song or the third verse of a four-verse song. And, and I tried really hard today um, to do that uh, on one of these songs. But man, just a picture that it paints of the gospel. Um, we're going to do something very Baptist to sing all four verses of a hymn. Um, but uh, the, the other song that we're going to sing, it says, You are peace, you are peace, my fear is crippling. You are true, you are true, even in my wondering. You are joy, you are joy, you are the reason that I sing. You are life, you are life. And you, death, has lost its sting. So today, let's sing with some joy. Uh, let's sing with some vigor. Because death has lost its sting. The price has been paid. And if we're in Christ, if you know Christ as your Lord and Savior, uh, that's enough in and of itself to rejoice about. So let's worship together.
you know, you try to hold it together, try to be brave, but it's okay not to be sometimes because God fills in the gaps. to hold it all together. 
turn your Bible to John chapter 15 this morning. John chapter 15, very familiar text. We're very fond of chapter 14. We like to think about uh, the whole idea of heaven. He tells us not to be troubled, that there's comfort and joy in the Lord. And what we want to talk about this morning is how the Lord dovetailed on the story of chapter 14, the true story, by the way, where he tells us not to let our hearts be troubled, believe in God, believe also in Him, and starts describing heaven and that He's going there to prepare a place. Well, then he follows up in chapter 15 with the story of the vine and the branches. You see, in throughout Scripture, there are several pictures of the relationship of Jesus Christ and His church. We know one, one of the most famous, is the bride, the church, and the bridegroom, Jesus, and that Jesus is coming, and that we're going to be adorned as His bride at His return. We know other places God's Word tells us that He's the Good Shepherd, we're the sheep, and that we know His voice, He calls to us, He guides us, and He takes care of us. Other places it talks about how that uh, we are the body, he's the head. And the whole thing about all of this is without the head, there, the body cannot live. Without the shepherd, the sheep will not survive. Without the groom, the bride is just an old maid. The one we talk about today, the vine and the branches. The branches, as we'll read, can have no life apart from the vine. It must be that root out of a dry ground. Root of Jesse, the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But today as we look at this and we look at our relationship as being the branches in the vine, I want you to see all the aspects of that relationship. And if I had a title this morning, as we heard Elena sing wonderfully and the truth of that song, as we sang, it is well with my soul, it still resonates with me. And just to rehearse for those of you who have not heard it, that Horatio Spafford that wrote that song began to end those words that we sang this morning as he went over the very spot, as he traveled to, to go be with his wife who was in hospital recovering from a shipwreck where they lost all four of their daughters. And as he began to sail across the ocean to go and get his wife, as he crossed the spot where he had lost his four children, he began to write those words. Now I'm going to tell you something. He knew what it meant to hurt. He knew what it meant to experience grief and to not be happy. I was talking with someone earlier this week that told me to preach this this morning. And so I listened. We began to talk about the difference in happiness and joy. God's Word tells us that we can have joy in the midst of trials and tribulations. James 1 and 2. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. In the midst of trials, struggles, grief, 
still have the joy of the Lord? How do people smile at the cemetery? How, how do people deal with tragedies in their life? How do they deal with bankruptcies and divorces and other things that steal our happiness? How can they go on? Because if they place their faith, hope, and trust in Jesus, no matter what the world brings against you, you can have joy. That's right. Real joy. Joy goes to the bone. It's not superficial happiness that flies with how much money you got, what kind of song they sung that day, who appeased you and pleased you at that moment. Real joy is not dependent on circumstances. It's dependent on the Savior. That's right. And so today I want to preach on joy for the journey. Joy for the journey. You see, in this relationship, there are two sides, the vine and the branches. And we need to know our position. And in the famous words of that great theologian, Clint Eastwood, a man needs to know his limitations. <laughs> we are responsible for bearing fruit and being pruned. We are, as we'll read here, to remain. To remain. Hear me? To remain. The world doesn't like to remain. We like the next best thing. We like to move on. We like to go to the next thing and the next thing. And if they're not meeting our need for happiness, that don't make me happy. That song don't make me happy. The length of that message don't make me happy. I'm not happy with my Sunday school group. I'm not happy with my youth group. I'm not happy with the children's ministry. I'm not happy. Get over it. You can't be happy. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Do you think Jesus was happy on the cross? You say, yeah, no he wasn't. He was not happy that sin was even in the world. But he was joyous that he knew he was fulfilling God's plan for the world. There's a difference. You think it made Jesus happy that Lazarus died? No, he went out. But there was joy. <clears throat> we preach this Easter morning. Weeping endures for night, but joy comes in the morning. The joy is of the Lord, not of temporal issues. And if we can just get to the war, if we can just get to payday, if we can just get through this situation, then I'll be happy. I'm going to tell you something. You'll seek happiness all your life and not find it. But if you will turn to God and Him alone and come to Jesus right here, you can find joy for the journey. Abide in the vine. No good for anything else. You can't make, look, you can't make furniture out of branches. You can't, you can't build buildings out of branches. Branches are only good for one thing, to abide so that they can bear fruit. I know you think you're all of that. I think that sometimes. And God reminds me, I'm not. I'm not. That there are no, no fruit bearers unless they're attached to the vine. The word abide, the word abide here literally, and, and let's just read John chapter 15, verse 1. I am, this is Jesus' words, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. 
Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it. That it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. The word abide in the Greek is pendo. It means to stay in or to continue, to remain. To remain. It literally means to endure with expectancy. Ladies, thank God for mothers. Thank God for mothers. We just celebrated Mother's Day. Let me put a PS to Mother's Day because I wasn't here. Thank God for mothers. Nine months, there's a joyous time, but there's rough times in nine months. Especially right there at the tail end of it. You know what I mean? No pun intended. <laughs> there is an enduring expectancy. Right? Man, it's morning sickness and the, the different issues that you face. Some with uh, gestational diabetes and other things and all that different things that can go on, blood pressure and all this kind of stuff, and bed rest and all that kind of stuff. But there's still that, that enduring expectancy. It's all going to be worth it. It's all going to be worth it. And then you hear that cry and they bring that blessed bundle of spit up and other stuff. You know? And at least for the first couple of days it don't really smell. And then they're just smelling. But they're blessed. They're our blessed. That's right. People say, oh, they're beautiful when they're born. No, they were. They look like little red rats. Just, they do. They all look the same. Ugly. All of them ugly. From second to ugly. Born in the flesh. Born in the sin. But they're ours. And they become beautiful. And they were beautiful to start with in the eyes of the Lord. It's that enduring expectancy. It's not all on it, but it is enduring. This is not to be confused with rest. Abiding or remaining doesn't mean to just sit down and wait on God. It means to endure, to stay with God as you do. You know, we get mad, we get frustrated, we'll move, we'll move houses, we'll move schools, we'll move churches, we'll move rec leagues, we'll move everything else, because it's not what we want it to be. And we get our agenda met. If it don't, then we'll just pack our toys up and move to the next sandbox. But what God has said is God has a place for you. Remain in it until He tells you to move. That's right. I don't think y'all heard me. Remain until God says go. Now if God says stay, if God's got you living in Evans County, area, then remain. That means be what God's called you to be. Stop complaining. And if you're going to complain, do something about it. Amen. We want Evans County to be different. We want it to be better. We want to change the culture. You ain't going to get anything done on Facebook, but to save a bunch of crybabies crying with you. Do something. Go into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. Because the only way to change the community, the only way to change the culture is to give them Jesus. Because they're just going from happiness to happiness. But they need joy. 
We need to abide. How do we have joy for the journey? Let me read the last verse, then we'll go back to the first verse. He said in verse 11, These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you, that your joy may be full. What, what does your joy take say today? Is it full? The half? You like my truck every day? Light hadn't come on since about eight. But it wasn't great. So my truck's broke. Wasn't broke. Flow was a little different. But it wasn't broke. It just died of gas. <laughs> there, because Dean's telling everybody else, I'm running out of gas. <laughs> light didn't come on. Light's supposed to come on. They call him a dummy light for a reason. Good. What about your joy thing? You run on it? Light ain't on. And you know what? We're all, we're all about that right. Maybe we just need to realize it may not look like it's completely empty, but we're about to run out. People are running out of joy every day. You know somebody who run out of joy? You know somebody in the Bible run out of joy? David. David. David got his, got his eyes on Bathsheba. David got his eyes on, look at me, look what I've done, look what I can be. I'm a king, I can have whatever I want. And so he got his eyes off of God, got his eyes on the world. Oh, he was happy for that little bit of time. He was happy with this beautiful, gorgeous, drop-dead woman of the world. He was happy for a minute until the real, uh, realization was, I've committed adultery on my wife. I've committed adultery with someone else's wife. She is pregnant. I have wedlock. What am I going to do? Has him killed. And now he just made a bad situation worse. And he wakes up one day and his child's dead. Everything's gone sideways. And the joy is gone. You know what God, what he prayed? He said, oh God, against me only have I sinned. Oh God, come and purge me. Here's what his prayer was in verse 12 of Psalm 51. Restore unto me the joy. He didn't say restore my salvation. Because Jesus said, I'll never leave you, nor. And that applied even in the Old Testament. Even unto the end of the age. What David said was, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Maybe a lot of people say they just, their joy takes them. They run on me. Sound like my truck. We just make a lot of noise, but we don't do it. Huh? Sometimes I can make as much noise as anybody just don't go in. We need to get our joy tank filled up. And the only way we can do it, abide. Remember what the word abide means. We talked about it earlier. That it's not this whole idea of just laying back doing nothing. It means to stay, to continue, to remain. But we must abide in Jesus. We abide in Jesus. He said in verse 4, Abide in me and I am. That's a pretty simple direction, isn't it? Abide in me. Continue in me. Stay in me. Remain in me. Endure with expectancy with me. Abide in me and I am. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine no more. 
can you set your vine in me? I'm the vine, you're the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit, for without me he can do nothing. When we abide in Jesus, it is a complete dependence on the Savior. You can't be good enough. You can't deliver yourself. And there's some the most wonderful people I have ever met right here in this church. I'm not, I'm not going to smoke. In 50 years, some of the greatest, most wonderful people I've ever met in the world is right here inside the Baptist church. Some of the most giving, God-loving people I've ever met. But I want to tell you, it doesn't matter how great or wonderful. What matters is the, the most wonderful people I've met are those who are completely dependent on the Son. Everything's deferred. Everything's deferred. God gets all the glory. We talk about it every Sunday morning. I pray it. I mention it sometimes. But sometimes I still, I can say it all I want, but it's a different thing to practice. And that is that I may decrease and He increase. That this worship be about Him, not about me. Not about my preferences of song, how long or how short or how well the sermon is preached, but that it is His Word preached. It is a complete dependence. He said in verse 4 again, Abide in me, I in you, because the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Stop trying to do it alone. Stop trying to do it. How, how you going about the branch? You think you can do it without God? You can throw God a ball and come to church every once in a while. Don't come to Sunday school anymore. You, I, listen, you think... That, that you're so special, you don't ever need to come to prayer meeting. And Sunday night is just a waste of time. You're too important, or you just got everything figured out. You're too in touch with God. You do enough devotions. God understands your heart. He understands your unfaithfulness. He understands that you think you can fix yourself and that you've got your own God complex about how wonderful you are. Look, if all of us today decided we don't need Sunday school, we don't need to teach you know what, it would stop to exist. We complain. Nobody keeps the doors or anything, but we won't keep and help ourselves. We complain about our Sunday school teachers, but we won't teach. We complain about the preachers, but ain't nobody knocked my doors down and said, you know what, I want to preach tonight for you. We complain about everything. We complain about the president not even registered to vote. Amen. <laughs> You have no business in church leadership. If you're not faithful, you're not tithing, you're not abiding in the Lord. That's right. That's right. When's the last time you had a quiet time with the Lord to pray? I'm talking about not praying over the meal, not praying over the food, not set a night night prayer. I'm talking about got on your face before God and saw His will for your life that you may abide in Him and He in you that your joy may be. Complete dependence on the Savior. Absolute surrender to the Lord with no questions asked. He said in verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me, and I am in the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, he can do nothing. Jesus said, don't ask questions, do it. Just, just be surrendered. Some of the greatest joy in the world, if not the greatest joy in the world, is when you say, you 
finally come to a point of beating your head against the wall, or as Jesus said to Paul, why do you kick against the pricks? And you get tired of that. And you get tired of that self-inflicting pain. And you say, God, I can't mess it up any worse than it already is. You sure can't make it worse. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's all yours. Here, fix it. And the joy begins to flow because you've lost all that weight. It's the same thing Jesus said. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Be surrendered, church. Listen, it's about joy, not about happiness. Joy for the journey means abiding in Christ by complete dependence on him as Savior and absolute surrender to him as Lord. What does that mean? It means we surrender our head, our heart, and our hands. How is that? We surrender our logic. We surrender our emotions. We surrender our desires. We even surrender our abilities. What is it God's calling you to do at Eastside Church? And you have not done it. And you may be the linchpin. You may be the link. You may be the one thing holding back the revival. You want that to go down on your history of your book of books? You want it to go down in history that you were the thing that held back revival in your home or in your church because it could be. Y'all don't believe that. It don't look like you believe that. I'm here to tell you something. It's the truth. And if you stand in the way long enough, God will take you out. Look in the Bible. You haven't been read enough of the Old Testament. You haven't read enough of the New Testament. They got the way God took them out. Because the Bible says that He would turn you over for the destruction of the flesh that the soul might be saved. Get in the way of God's will. God fix it. Oh, I don't believe a loving God. Get over it because it's straight away what you believe. You heard people say, the Bible says it, I believe it, that says it. It don't matter whether you believe it or not, it says it. God said it, it's said it. Well, I just disagree. I don't care if you disagree. It's the truth. The only reason I don't care is because, listen, your life will not be what God means for it to be until you get surrendered with your mind, your heart, and your hands. God don't want 90%. He's a jealous God. He wants it all or He wants none of it. It's surrender. Abide in Jesus. Abide in the Word. He said in verse 7 and 8. If you abide in me, my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Now that's gives leave, people misquote this verse as prosperity gospel. That you can just name it and claim it. Whatever you want, call it out before the Lord, God will give it to you. If that's true, why did 10 out of the remaining 11 apostles die for the cause of Christ? They killed them. Is that right? That's right. Are there not Christian preachers locked up in Iran and other places of the world today for standing for the cause of Christ? So you're telling me they did something wrong? Well, that's what Prosperity Gospel said. Huh? Has anybody saved, born again, bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, died of cancer? Does that mean they just did something really awful to do it and they wasn't living for God because if they were surrendered, they wouldn't have got it? That prosperity stuff is straight out of the pit of hell. What he's telling us is, if we're abiding in him, swallowed up in him, in his love, his mercy, his grace, and his lordship, then we're not going to ask what 
will be done in our lives. We don't want our will. We don't want His will. Amen. You ever prayed and got something you wish you wouldn't have prayed for? The Bible said about the children of Israel, the Hebrew children in the wilderness, they prayed for something they wished they wouldn't have got. They prayed for quail. They got tiny man. Oh, sick of his bread. Sick of his bread. Sick of his bread. Send us some bird. And they sent them quail. And it said, God granted their request, but sent leanness into their soul. Some of you got stuff that you wish or you shouldn't have prayed for because now your soul is just empty. There's no joy. No joy. Church, we've got to abide in the Word. Abide in the Word. Abide in me and my words. Abide in me. His will for mankind. For mankind. What is God's will? That all of us can say, we know without a shadow of a doubt, it's God's will. That we bring glory to His name. Man was created to bring glory. And if we follow verse 7 and abide in Him and His words abide in us, we shall ask what He will and it shall be done in Listen, it's all about His will. And we, He said that if I be lifted up, God's will is we bring glory to His name, lifting up Jesus. And if He be lifted up, He'll draw all men to Him. It means to glorify the Son. His will for me means I'm going to be a disciple. I'm going to make disciples. I'm going to reflect the love and the Word of God in my life. Our will swallowed up in His. What did Jesus say? That we should say, not my will, but thy will be done. Abide in Jesus. Just, just remain in Jesus. Remain in His Word. This world, we want a new Word. Preachers looking for a new aim. We're looking for a new way. And so what happens is we, we build new doctrine. We build things that's the new catch, the new cool Christian book, with the new cool Christian methodology, the new cool church polity because we can gather crowds and we make cool looking new buildings and new coffee shops in the corners of our church. And I'm not against I love God. Maybe a couple of offices this morning. But when we get tied to polity and building crowds based on trying to find something new instead of dwelling on that which is timeless which is Jesus Christ we miss it. We're doing it just to draw a crowd. If we give them Jesus, now whether they came because they didn't like him, or whether they were just intrigued and wondered, Jesus always took credit. If we would just give the world Jesus, if we would, as a church, as the church, at each side, if we would just give our friends and our community, we talk about building a youth group, doing this, look, we don't even get our own youth to come. But until we get to that point, we're not Now, I'm eating hot dogs, hamburgers, pizza, all that good stuff. Chicken fingers, that's wonderful. Jesus fed 5,000. But if we're not giving them Jesus, we're missing them. Give them Jesus. Church, give them Jesus. Give the kids Jesus. That would give them every other two. We'll buy them $500 bats, $1,000 gowns. 
No telling how much money we spend. It'd just be cheap to just pay for college, I'm gonna tell you. Because <laughs> we're selling our kids' soul. We're thinking they're gonna be the next hoorah, whatever. And if God wants them to be, then they'll be there. And that's fine as long as they bring glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. And there's some godly sports figures. There's godly people in Hollywood. Believe it or not, there are some. There are some. I don't know about his daily life, but I'm going to tell you, Kevin Sorbo did a pretty good job and God's not dead. Amen? There's some godly people out there. There's a remedy. Let us be so focused on pleasing Him that we abide in His Word, then abide in His love. And we can't go out there guns blazing if we don't abide in His love. He said in verse 9, As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love, church. Some of you carry the weight of the world on your shoulders today. Just let Him love you. Just let Him love you. A lot of heart. Got a lot of loss around here this year. And I tell you statistically, the age of the baby boomers are reaching life expectancy. It's only going to grow. The number of deaths are going to grow at an exponential rate. There's a way that we may not be happy all the time, but we can have joy in the Lord. Just like yesterday, we talked about precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of the saint. You don't know why? Because God knows this is not all there is. And when our family members have gone on, they get it too. We may not fully comprehend because the Bible says we look into a glass darkly right now. We don't completely see through. But what we do know is going to be a whole lot better on the other side. That's joy for the journey. Abide in His love, just let God love. And we get all bristled up. We don't want nobody to touch us, nobody to talk to us. We just, because honestly, being sad, mad, upset, all everything, everybody walking on eggshells feels good for a little while. Some people want. I'm tired of it. Look, I'm gonna start on my edge right in front. Of me. I ain't walking on eggshells around nobody. I want nobody to walk around eggs on eggshells around me. Some people are afraid to come talk to the preacher. Look, I'm not going to eat you, I promise. Becky feeds me every once in a while. You got an idea? Come tell me. I'm not going to make you feel stupid. I'm, I'll stand there and listen. And I will tell you, hey, that's a great idea because I'm not bright enough to think of that. I need you. Let us love one another. Let us love because Christ loved us. And we don't have to be miserable. We can be Remain in joy. Abide in his love. Continue letting him love you. I love Bible school this way. I got like three amens. Amen. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. Y'all just need to go with me around. You walk into those classes where they've been taught that week. And you walk in and say, you had fun this week? Yeah! So what did you learn about? They don't, they don't give you that standard answer. Jesus! They don't do that. Say, so, what was your favorite story? Daniel the lion's name. 
99.3% said they didn't lie to them. Some of them like the story about the three Hebrew children. Those names kept them jacked up, so it's just easier to say they didn't lie to them. <laughs> they learned the word of God this week. They learned God's truth. But I'm going to tell you something. I walked in one class, 30-something of them, kindergartners, first graders, somewhere around there, and I said, y'all do know this is not a fairy tale. This really happened. They're like, not that our teachers taught them it was a fairy tale, but because they have never been brought up in the Word of God, nurtured in the admonition of the Lord. They, they thought it was just some really cool stories we were telling. It's this real Daniel was real. There were real lives, a real king that really threw him in there, who really prayed, and there's a real God who really took care of him. Now, wow, that's cool. Church, when are we going to get back to being that child who has that kind of faith, who really, really lets God love us like we used to? Abide in His love. Continue letting him love you. Continue to love him by obeying. He said in verse 10, if you keep my commandments. Now, people tell me all the time, well, I don't go to church, but I love God. They live like hell, talk like hell. Everything about their life displays the acts and works of Satan. But they say they believe in God. I'm here to tell you their truth the truth of their life speaks volumes. And they're lying to themselves if they think they're saved and going to heaven. If they continually live without any fruits of the vine. You've got to ask yourself today, am I in the vine? Am I a branch? Because he said, if you are not, you're no good for anything else but to be thrown into the fire. He said, if you really love him, if you really belong to him, he said then, you will keep his commandments. You will abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Church, it's time to stop making excuses. It's stop, time to stop whining and complaining about not being happy, not having what everybody else has got, and be satisfied in having enough. And that is the joy of the Lord. And He will give you the joy for your journey. And you see, your journey is not my journey. Mine's not yours. God's got a plan for your life. He's got a joy for that plan. May not always be happy. Well, let me just go and tell you the truth. I don't want to mess you up. If there's, you can run, hide, do everything you want, build up walls. You're not always going to be happy. But you can always have joy. He said this. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you. And that your joy might be full. Where's your meter? You full? You rejoice and you happy? Are you joyous? Are you abiding in Jesus? Are you abiding in His love? Are you abiding in His Word? Are you abiding in the things of the world? And, and you got one foot out there and you're trying to keep up with everything else and keep up with your clubs and keep up with your co-workers, keep up with your friends and you plan everything. And if you can fit a little God in there, then God just knows you love Him and He understands. I'll tell you what He understands. 
He understands that if you're disobedient, you don't love him. He understands that if you love him, you'll keep the commands just as Jesus did. He understands you have needs and he'll reach them and fulfill them if you will simply remain, continue, and live with a constant, continuing expectancy that God is going to come back. Some of you need some joy. I'll make more joy. Some of us need to have courage. You know what? Y'all want to know where I run out of gas at? I'm about to hear the drums from the gas pump. I was. Neil's about to close one. Because I saw Neil come by and said, Neil, I got to get to church. Can you turn around and come get me? I could have tried to put it there, so push it myself, tried to get it over there, push it on. But you know what? We went back, we had a little bit of help, put a little gas in the tank, it cranked up enough I could pull over there and fill the tank up. And that's a good problem. Because there's gas in the tank, I'm going to tell you. I can beg, plead, you can make every excuse as why everything's going to be all right, you sit right here. You sit right there, and right here is the filling. Station. You can come, top off your table. You may be about three quarters full. You're having for a good time, for a good week, for a good month. She don't know what's coming. Come top it off. Come to Jesus. Come and surrender. Come and say, I need to get your word. I need to get your love. I need to abide in you. And stop looking at the world, whatever it is, and say, come. Right now to the instruments. Coming to the instruments. God is coming to you right now. Listen to me. God's coming to you right now. He said, you need to come. You need to come. You need to come. You need to come. Trust me. You need to come and stop depending on daily happiness and start depending on eternal joy. The joy that this world don't understand. The joy when they walk out and they see us when we've lost the loved ones, how can you how can you enjoy having lunch together? How can you do that? Because I know who my Savior is and that He lives. I know. I know Jesus lives. And my loved ones who died in the faith are with Him. They're not better shape. So I do not sorrow with those who have no hope. I have joy. Joy for my journey. You need to feel your day? Come right now. Trust Jesus. Come. Come. Stand. Stand and come without hesitation. No, I can't beg you if you don't come. But Jesus is calling you. Lord, I come.
good stuff. By one defense. When everything else goes sideways, Jesus remains true. May we claim that joy. God bless us as we go. The uh, Lisa, I think, said the donation bucket's going to be on the front end. Please stay. Help with our, our students as we prepare to go and serve and grow and minister. And uh, our senior adults first. Because we want that folding money. <laughs> yes, Miss Rose. Sure.
you can put gas in it, you can do something with it, we like that kind of stuff. So go back there and auction it. We will be That's right. And we're just going to fellowship. I talked with Brother Michael. We're just going to enjoy being together. We're, we're not going to have a special speaker during that time. We're just going to sit down and enjoy having a meal together.